welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In March 1877, Rutherford B. Hayes became the United States President. According to the Vermont Phoenix, in his inauguration speech, Hayes said the Southern question was foremost on his mind. After a decade of controversy, how should the federal government support the reestablishment of the Southern states within the United States of America? The Civil War had ended almost 12 years earlier, but violent conflicts in the former Confederate states had not ended. In May 1876, a local Civil War hero, Marshall Twitchell, was gunned down in Louisiana by a would-be assassin and left for dead. Marshall Twitchell was from Townsend, Vermont, and had volunteered at the beginning of the Civil War. In August 1861, he traveled to Brattleboro and mustered into the 4th Vermont Regiment. Twitchell was severely wounded at the Battle of the Wilderness and came home to recuperate. After he recovered from the head wound, he applied to become a commander in the newly formed United States Colored Troop. While serving as captain in the 109th Regiment of the USCT, Twitchell participated in the Siege of Petersburg and watched Lee surrender at Appomattox. After the war, Twitchell signed up to work for the Freedmen's Bureau and was assigned to northern Louisiana in the Red River Valley. The Freedmen's Bureau was created by the Congress to help the millions of African Americans who had recently been freed from slavery by the 13th Amendment and also to support the poor farmers who had lost jobs and property during the Civil War. The Freedmen's Bureau oversaw working conditions on plantations to ensure workers would be paid and treated fairly. The government agencies also helped with housing and established public schools. In rural Louisiana, there were over 1,200 African Americans killed during the Reconstruction Era, and it was Marshall Twitch's job to combat this wave of racist violence and protect the rights of African Americans. As government agent, Twitchell acted as sheriff, judge, and jury. Twitchell wrote in his autobiography, I was surrounded by a community in which there were at least 1,000 disbanded Confederate soldiers, all having no love for the government, which had just vanquished them and of which I was the representative. Marshall Twitchell married a local woman, Adele Coleman, and settled down to farm. Twitchell was a successful farmer and managed two other plantations owned by his wife's family. He continued to prosper and add to his businesses. Eventually, he managed or owned two stores, two mills, a hotel, and four plantations. His accumulated property was worth $100,000. Twitchell left the Freeman's Borough and went into politics. He became a Louisiana state senator and, as an outcome of the Reconstruction Act, helped write the new Louisiana Constitution. He was a Republican and was supported by a majority of the African Americans in his district. Southern Democrats fumed as they watched recently freed African Americans and Northerners like Churchill form a new state government. Three white supremacist organizations existed in the area. The Ku Klux Klan, the White League, and the Knights of the White Camellia. They joined with the Democratic Party to terrorize those who were attempting to enforce the 14th and 15th Amendments. His family from Vermont soon came to join Twitchell in Louisiana. 
Three sisters, a brother, their spouses, and his widowed mother all moved to Red River Valley. There was a great deal of violence and intimidation taking place at the time. Many former plantation owners, ex-Confederate soldiers, and Southern businessmen refused to accept the federal government in enforcing of voting rights and equal protections under the law. While Twitchell was a successful businessman and an elected official, he also represented everything that racist ex-Confederates hated about the ex-Union men who were working with the African Americans to attempt to reshape the South. There was at least four assassination attempts in Marshall Twitchell's life. In 1874, Homer Twitchell, Marshall's younger brother, was killed by members of the white supremacist mob. Two brothers of Adriel Twitchell, Marshall's wife, were also killed in the same attack. In 1876, Twitchell was traveling with his last surviving brother-in-law along the Red River when they were ambushed by an assassin. Twitchell and his brother-in-law were in a rowboat looking to dock when the assassin opened fire. Twitchell's brother-in-law was killed. Twitchell was wounded in the leg, and he fell out of the boat into the river. He grabbed onto the boat with one hand and was shot twice in the arm. He switched hands and was shot in that arm as well. With six bullets lodged in his body, Twitchell decided to pretend that he was dead and began floating down the river with his face in the water. Luckily, it worked, and Twitchell was brought ashore further downriver by allies and was nursed back to health. Both of his arms needed to be amputated. After losing his brother, both his arms, and three brothers-in-law, Marshall Twitchell decided to leave the South and return with his remaining family to Townsend. Soon after his return to Vermont, Twitchell learned that the local man he left to manage his Louisiana businesses was also assassinated. As the Louisiana Democrats took over the state government and court system, Twitchell also lost any claim to his $100,000 worth of Red River Valley property. Two white supremacist groups, the White League and the Knights of the White Camellia, were credited with driving Twitchell out of Louisiana. With the fall of the Louisiana Republican Party and the withdrawal of federal troops from the region, African Americans lost most of the gains they had made since the end of the Civil War. According to the local Brattleboro paper, in March 1877, President Rutherford B. Hayes said the Southern question would be answered when both races were united in harmonious efforts for the common good. The President felt the two races would come together when they treated one another as equals and worked to obtain mutual interests like financial stability and improved moral and intellectual conditions. He argued that by returning political rule to the Southerners, they would do the right thing and advance the status of all who lived in their states, both black and white. Hayes ordered the last federal troops out of the South and officially ended Reconstruction. Hayes told black leaders the Southern policy was an experiment and would be reversed if problems arose. He said he would change his policy quickly if it led to the loss of rights and privileges for anyone. Hayes did not change his policy of white supremacist appeasement during his four years as president. By the early summer of 1877, the New York Tribune reported, the new policy has completely demoralized the Negroes of Florida, South Carolina, and Louisiana. There were over 1,200 African Americans murdered in rural Louisiana during Reconstruction. There were racially motivated killings designed to maintain white supremacy. Hayes's policy does not address this violence, but hopes that being kinder to the white supremacists will result in better relations between North and South. In August 1877, President Hayes came to Vermont and visited relatives. His mother was from Wilmington, and his father was from West Brattleboro. While visiting his mother's relatives in Newfane, President Hayes met with a crowd of local citizens. The first question about his Southern policy caused him to state again that the policy is an experiment, 
and whether it is wise or not can only be determined by results. Time will develop the wisdom or fallacy of the position. The next question came from Marshall Twitchell, the Civil War and Freeman's Bureau veteran, who lost many relatives, both of his arms, and all of his property in efforts to secure equality for African Americans in the war-ravaged ex-Confederate states. Twitchell asked about present conditions in the South, especially the conditions experienced by those who had formerly been enslaved. Hayes responded, I believe the condition of the colored people is better today than it has ever been. He went on to say that the best way forward would be recognizing bygones as bygones and begin to work with those who had been our enemies. This may be the moment when the Republican Party relinquished its bond with the African American community. Under the guidance of Hayes, the party of Lincoln had morphed into the party of appeasement. We'd like to thank middle school students Allie, Remy, Jason, and Maeve for helping the Brattleboro Historical Society read This Week in Local History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.